Welcome to the latest episode of the Home Run on Wheels podcast. This is Ron Clements with my wife, Patty. Hello. And we're still down in Defuniac Springs, Florida, and we had a great time Easter Sunday seeing the Pensacola Blue Wahoos and the Mobile Bay Bears over there in Pensacola at Blue Wahoo Stadium. Yeah, it was great to go back to that stadium. I enjoyed it the first time, and it is just a great stadium right there on the water. Yeah, you don't see many... Views like that at a ballpark with the Gulf of Mexico. I mean, right there is the backdrop. It's pretty cool. And like, like I said, we were there three years ago, and uh, last time we were there, I interviewed Dansby Swanson, who was playing for the Double A Mississippi Braves at the time. Uh, I think he got called up later that year, but that was for sporting news. Um, this time around, I interviewed. I actually went over to the stadium about two o'clock. Game was at five. And uh, interviewed a couple of Twins prospects. The Blue Wahoos used to be the Reds' double-A team, but now they are the Twins. As of this year, the Reds and Twins essentially swapping Chattanooga for Pensacola. But uh, interviewed Jimmy Kerrigan, an outfielder, who's got an interesting uh, career path. And then a pitcher, Devin Smeltzer, whose Twitter handle is rather clever. It's Alka Smeltzer. Yeah, and I wish you would have known that when you were actually interviewing him because you are such a lover of the pun. Oh, I love that. So uh, you will hear the interviews with Jimmy Kerrigan and Devin Smeltzer, who, my, my God, at age 23, has been through quite a bit. And uh, really, it was a pleasure to talk to, to both of these guys. And these are two guys who put an emphasis on giving back to the community. So you hear those interviews right after this on the Home Run on Wheels podcast. Did you know there are enough kids in foster care to fill the rosters of almost 1,500 MLB teams and their entire farm systems? We need more foster parents. Visit childrenshopealliance.org to learn more. This is Ron Clements here with Twins prospect Jimmy Kerrigan. And uh, you have kind of had a roller coaster career, Jimmy. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been exciting. You're from Philadelphia originally. Started, went, stayed home, went to college at Temple, and then Temple closes its program, and you're kind of in limbo. How did you end up from Temple to uh, VCU? Um, so yeah, um, I'm from Philadelphia, and Temple's right down the street. It's right down Broad Street. So I got lucky there, and they told us we were there. We're cutting the program in December of my sophomore year. Said you could either play it out or go somewhere else. I didn't have any options, so I just stayed and played. Just kind of sent out emails to every school we played. Got a couple of, a couple back from three different ones and VCU was was one of them and I went on a visit during the year liked it a lot and said hey I'm gonna give it a shot and it worked out won a regional won an 8-10 championship went to a super regional and it was it was good nice yeah. so then uh you go undrafted though out of college uh-huh. right how did you end up out in Seattle with the Seattle studs that's a, a that, that semi-pro yeah yeah um so after college I didn't I didn't get a phone call and he had an email nothing after draft day and I went to a couple of uh indie ball workouts actually with the Thunderbolts and one with the um, Schaumburg Boomers yep and uh, nothing worked out and I was just at home I was working and I got a call from my friend he said hey I'm fr- he's from Seattle he said uh, got a guy who wants to- needs an outfielder for a week so you want to do it so I said well, I'm not doing anything I might as well and I went for a week <laughs> and we were in uh, 
Wichita, Kansas for the NBC World Series. It was okay. called. It was actually kind of fun. So, um, yeah, that was random. But then you mentioned the Schaumburg Boomers and the Windy City Thunderbolts of the Frontier League. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of your, your your opening to you wound up at, uh, just outside of St. Louis, the River City Rascals. I love the Frontier League. I think it's a super fun league. What was your experience like? It was good. It was it was awesome. Um, definitely interesting. Uh, yeah, I, that was getting a contract from from them was kind of a shock too because I was just working in a weight room. I was done baseball and. Um, some guy said, hey, do you want to play indie ball? We'll send out some videos. Send out some videos, and I got an offer to, from the Rascals a couple of weeks later. I went up there and had a great host family. Uh, the fans were awesome. Booster Club was awesome. Um, field was beautiful. It was a little bit of a grind, though. You know you know how indie ball is. Right. But, uh, but, no, it was good. It was a great opportunity. I'm, I'm very grateful for it. I, I pretty much spent the entire 2014 season kind of like as a – de facto gateway grizzlies beat reporter mm-hmm. and the all-star game was at so was in sajay that year and uh one of the cool moments of that all-star game though was there was a third baseman who had just been signed by, i think by the diamondbacks so they throw the first pitch of the game and then they stopped the game and they made an announcement that so-and-so had been signed by the diamondbacks he had mm-hmm. to fly to rookie ball to arizona or to oregon mm-hmm. what was that like when you got that phone call that hey a major league baseball team wants to sign you so uh, we were in Lake Erie playing the Lake Erie Crushers, and uh, one of our further trips. So I had to take a right. ten-hour bus ride, and it was just a couple days late, a uh, couple days into the series, and we had taken BP and everything. I was in the lineup, I was batting first, playing uh, playing left, I think, and uh, you know sitting in the locker room listening to my music. And he came in and ripped the lineup off the wall. That's my skipper. Came in, ripped the lineup off the wall, and said, uh, "I got to make some changes." Came over, shook my hand, said, "You're out of here, in Minnesota. Just bought your contract." and Everybody was kind of excited for me and a lot of hugs, a lot of emotions going on and called my family and it was surreal, surreal. I mean, yeah, was there like jumping up and down or was it just kind of like, wow? I think I said really, maybe like <laughs> 30 times to him. And I went in his office, I was like, you serious? Like, no. But yeah, it was. I was definitely shocked for sure. I was just, at that at that time, I was just playing, I was just having fun, enjoying where I, where I was and enjoying my teammates and stuff. But uh, I got that chance, I was it was exciting. Then you're in the Florida State League down here in Florida, and uh, I'm talking to Jimmy. We're in Pensacola at the Blue Wahoo Stadium, and uh, but you were an All Star in 2018. Yeah, uh, last year I was selected for the All Star game and the uh, Home Run Derby. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to participate in it because I got moved up to Chattanooga, which was our Double A okay. last year, um, four days early. But I mean, it was. I, I, I'm not complaining. I, I got up to come up and play in Double A, and uh, I was just grateful to be here. So I was. Double A more than half the season last now, year. Players get traded, but it's kind of weird to see franchises get traded. But that's what kind of happened with Chattanooga and Pensacola yeah. with the Reds and Twins essentially swapping teams. Mm-hmm. Where were you when you found out that hey guys, we're moving to Pensacola? It was. I mean, I was kind of. I was looking on Twitter and I saw something and I was like, "What? What was this?" And then I looked and it was just like, you know, I I know I know that the franchises do that though. Like I learned that when I was in a was like a couple days into getting signed, I asked my. Uh, Club ma- clubhouse manager in Cedar Rapids. I was like, how does it work? Because the Angels were in Cedar Rapids before. And he was like, oh, yeah, every two years, you know. But uh, And then they found out that we were coming here, looked it up, and I was like, wow. Stadium right on the water, beautiful, and, you know, a lot, of, a lot to do around here. I was like, I'm not complaining at all. Weather's a little nicer, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, not that Chattanooga's bad. No, Chattanooga's very humid. I'm sure it gets humid here, too, but uh, and, but there's a nice, nice little breeze off the water and right. stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice here. 
what, what was uh, uh, you had four games at uh, AAA last year? What, what was that experience like for you? That was exciting too. Um, I went straight. I went from High to uh, Rochester. Uh, there was a couple injuries up there, and they just needed somebody to step in and play. Um, but I, I felt good. It was it was exciting. Um, that was surreal for for a moment too, because you know it's it's close to the big leagues. And, right. Um, but yeah, no, I felt I felt like I felt fit in well with those guys. The the guy the group up there was pretty cool, and um, a lot of guys helped me with stuff and just made it easy for me to play up there. And I was it was it was an awesome opportunity. And what, uh, what's your Twitter handle? Twitter handle is at jkerrigan8. Okay, so guys, if you want to see this. On March 7th, Jimmy tweeted a video of you hitting a, sh- a home run at JetBlue Park, Fenway South. Oh, yeah. Cleared the monster. Uh, yeah, I was, I was excited. That was one of those blackout swings. <laughs> you just kind of swing and you just don't even feel it. Um, yeah, I, I, I had a, an opportunity to play a lot in a big league camp this year as a depth camp guy. So uh, it was exciting. I, I just got a hung a curveball and I just put a good swing on it and I just kind of felt it and felt good man I, i'm looking for that feeling again <laughs> you're 25 i saw that you've been playing baseball though basically since you were six years old mm-hmm. um when did you like really fall in love with baseball was it an immediate thing yeah um i just remember when i was younger my sister was playing because she's two years older than me she's playing t-ball and my parents were telling me that i was i just kept running on the field and the coaches were like hey get me get get the kid off the field and stuff like that and uh my, and then eventually the coach for my sister's team was like, you know what, just, we'll just give him a jersey. And he just put a jersey on me, and ever <laughs> since then I've been playing. So, yeah, I've loved it ever since then. How old were you the first time you actually attended a Major League Baseball game? Major League Baseball game? Yeah. And was it the Phillies? <sighs> yeah, I live around the corner from the stadium in, in Philadelphia. Uh, like we, we walk to the stadiums from my house. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so I've been to a lot of games. I mean, I'm, sure my, I'm sure my parents took me when I was young, and I can't even remember, but. Um, what is like your first baseball memory? Maybe, you know, at, at a Major League Baseball game, does something stand out? I mean, I, I had a couple. I went with a lot of my aunts and uncles uh, plenty of times, but the most the one that stands out the most was I was at uh, Game Five of the World Series in 2008 when they won the World Series. Me and my dad went. That was probably the best moment in baseball for me watching, and it was just it was incredible. Wow. Yeah, and he won those tickets too. He didn't pay for them. Oh, nice. In a Even raffle, better. Yeah. So, and they were great seats. So. I was going to ask you about your favorite baseball memory, but I think that's we discovered it. that one. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, I want to ask you uh, about the Miracle League. I know that's mm-hmm. something that uh, you do off the field. How did you get involved with the Miracle League? When my junior year, when I uh, transferred to VCU, okay, we do like charity events and stuff like you know as a team. Um, and we did the one thing well, my junior year with the Miracle League, and it was just awesome. Like the kids were the kids were like so happy to see us, and we were just so happy to to be hanging out with those guys. And my t- my teammates were so great with it. And, you know, like. You know, helping the kids that needed to help swing the bat and stuff, and just seeing them around the bases was just kind of like it was just awesome. And and most of them, I mean, I'm I'm Facebook friends with most of them, honestly. So I just look and you know see how everybody's doing and stuff like that. I follow some stories, and uh, it was just it was just awesome. And we also did something in Fort Myers last year too, something very similar where it was we had all we had all those kids in the outfield and we had different stations and stuff and we had the one station where we let them throw like softballs at us and they were loving that because they were beating <laughs> up on us but then uh yeah but then we had a little home run derby after and we had we had all of us lined up you know around the bases and pretty close to the fence and kids were knocking them out of the park and stuff and it was just it was awesome great feeling great feeling to see how happy they were they're setting up for the for sunday's game here behind us yeah, <laughs> yeah. um as a, a a guy who you know grew up as a you know, kind of looking up to these professional baseball players in Philadelphia. Now you are a professional baseball player. Uh, you've you've gotten a, a little bit of a taste of that with, with with AAA being one step away from the show. How important is it as as a pro ball player now 
to give back to do the community work i love it i, I mean we uh me and a couple guys did um did one an event here it was for uh we were just hanging out with kids and going around they had different stations and they had a couple different stations where we we're doing rock climbing and playing cornhole and um, face painting and stuff like that and we were just hanging out with kids and I mean it, it's it's not hard to do so I mean I just love I just love hanging out with them and getting to know new people and hearing stories and stuff like that and it just it feels good so what do you think that that feeling is going to be like when you when you do get the call up and the, the, the first time you step out onto a major league baseball field well hopefully I get that call um I don't I I can't even imagine honestly. I mean I, I would imagine it's something very similar to the feeling when I was in independent ball and got that call to uh with the Minnesota Twins cuz it, it baseball became such a foreign aspect to me, you know, like I, I wasn't playing for 8 months and it was just working and had you kind of resigned yourself like my my career's over. I'm I'm this isn't going to be a thing for me. Mentally no, mentally I never really kind of never really got away from it, but okay. physically, I mean I kind of just told myself I need to get a job and <laughs> I need to stop you know i stopped hitting and i stopped doing stuff like that so yeah no it was just kind of i was just like oh baseball's over you know i didn't get the chance and so it was taken away from me and when i when i got the, the option to get it back it's I'm just trying not to let it go for as long as possible when you are when you do work with these kids in the miracle league and you can you kind of put the whole baseball career stuff into perspective yeah it definitely helps putting stuff into perspective um you know, people aren't aren't as lucky to, as me to you know have this opportunity. It's only like I, think, I don't even know what the number is like point point six percent or something of people get this right. opportunity. So definitely puts things in their perspective. And but it just it doesn't take away from their their character at all. I mean, their character most I would say. Oh, those are great kids. I would say one hundred and ten percent of of every kid I've met at the Miracle League thing just you know huge smile. You know, just great attitude. Just great energy so it's just it's a lot of fun to be around them uh, for people who don't know the miracle league correct me if i'm wrong but it's essentially like the special olympics for baseball right mm -hmm. right pretty much yeah, yeah. okay there's different yeah. like we've done different um like events like it's not all of them are called miracle league but they're all very very it's very similar you know yeah oh it's awesome work keep it up and good luck to you thank I you very much it. jimmy for coming on the home run on wheels podcast absolutely thank you any child should be able to at least go to a foster home and experience the family after a traumatic past briar was fostered and adopted through children's hope alliance i felt like god chose this place and i feel like when he opened the door for them being my foster parents he also opened the door for them being my mom and dad there are kids right now in your community waiting for someone like you to open their hearts and home to learn more about becoming a foster parent or to learn how to spread the word about fostering, visit childrenshopealliance.org slash advocate. Welcome back to the Home Run on Wheels podcast. Here with Twins prospect pitcher Devin Smeltzer. And uh, you're a Jersey guy, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Uh, now, uh, is that uh, Philly Jersey or New York Jersey? Philly Jersey. Okay. So yeah. you a Phillies fan? Philly, I grew up a Phillies fan, Eagles okay, fan. So did yeah. Jimmy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Right over the bridge. Okay. Yep. Now, a lot of 23-year-olds haven't quite had the life journey you've had. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... How fortunate do you consider yourself, considering that you, you know, had, you were dealing with cancer for from age nine to twelve, right? Um, I was diagnosed right before my tenth birthday. Um, went through treatments from August of '05 until August of '06. So it was almost exactly a year that I went through the chemo and radiation treatments, and before I was considered in remission. Okay, and. So with with uh, how how fortunate do you consider yourself now at, at 23? You know you're playing professional oh, baseball. Um, you know every day is a blessing. Um, I don't take a day out there for granted, and you know, I've I've come a long way. But back then it really set my sights on what my life goals were going to be. Um, I, I always loved the game, and 
I was the type of kid that on Friday, Saturday nights through middle school and high school, I was in the academy working out and putting in the extra hours. And I, I just always had my sight sets after that. I, I had life, uh, a game of life with me that, you know, uh, being faced with death. So really put life into perspective and, and forced me to grow up pretty quick. But uh, it, it's turned me into the man I am today. And it. And it's for, a great experience. I mean, you, you think of it was like prostate cancer, wasn't Blood it? Bladder prostate, yep. Yeah, and you think of that as like an older yeah, guy. It took him forever to find it just because no one thought bladder and prostate in a nine year old. And in the 14 years since I was diagnosed, I've met one other kid with the same cancer. Um, it, it's just, it's that rare to get it in that, that spot. And um, But like I said, it's everything happens for a reason and it, it's a blessing. and. I, I don't think I would be where I am today if I didn't go through it. And now, as a pro ball player, you you do a lot of children's hospital visits, right? Yeah, as much as I can, um, especially when I'm back home in Jersey. Um, I'll go to my hospital where I was treated. I, I don't get back there very much, but, but when I do, I make sure I can go in. And my nurses always know that if there's a kid that needs help or talking to or whatever, like they can give my number out. And I've talked to multiple kids up there. And then um, along my stops throughout my career, I've I've hit some hospitals and have my family's grown with with the kids that I've met and uh, especially I got one out in California when I was in Rancho with the Dodgers. He was going through leukemia and I went in and and got to talk to him and I just kept laughing when he was telling me his story because he was very ornery and angry just like I was and he was doing a lot of the things that I was and I kept laughing. He's like, what are you laughing at? I was like, you're me. Like I was this ornery, angry little kid at first and you know I. One day I woke up and realized that, you know, I had something I was going to beat no matter how bad it was, that there was a million other kids out there with it worse than I had it. And, and from that point on, I've done everything I can to help as many people and what as is your, kids. What is your message to kids? I remember talking to uh, uh, Jameson Tyon was on our podcast last year, mm-hmm. and he had a, a, a testicular cancer in mm-hmm. 2017, I think. And, uh, and he said that he doesn't really talk about cancer or anything because you don't want to talk you, yeah. you just want to talk to these kids yeah just when i when i go in and talk to these kids there's there's not much cancer talk mm-hmm. you know I'll, we'll compare port scars and and stuff like that but besides that really it's just it's going in and, and talking to them like a kid because when you're bald and skinny and look sick a lot of people look at you different and you're still a kid and you still right. want to go around and you have all the energy and stuff and and i know a player with my story that came out was chase utley i got right. to meet him I when i was a, yeah, him, yeah. I, I got to meet chase when i was a kid when i was going through it and when i was on the field with him it wasn't you know oh you're sick blah blah blah. like what are you going through it was we just kind of shot it and talked about baseball and i always looked up to that because i was bald and sick as can be but you know i was just another ball player to him and we we got to share that experience of baseball and talk about baseball and you know being able to have that experience last two spring trainings ago to be able to you know thank him for everything him and his wife do and yeah it's uh it's crazy that it came full circle but but that's but that's what i'm looking for is to just go in and spend time with them whether it's playing video games or cards or whatever just talking to them and put it on the table early like if you ever need anything or have questions i'm there but then after that it's just you know they're a kid and right it's the parents that hit you with the questions most of the time but the the kids, man, they just want to be treated like a kid. That was our thing last year with foster care to try to, you know, a lot of these kids are dealing with adult issues. And so mm-hmm. I had a, a day at the park mm-hmm. with them. Yeah, it's the time for a, yep. a kid to just be a kid. Yeah, you just got to have that. 
that kid experience when their childhood is ripped away from them and you're faced with a lot of things that people don't have to deal with and you're forced to grow up and not necessarily be an adult, but you have to look at life differently. You're fighting for your life versus just flourishing and running around like a kid. So yeah, it's just giving them that that opportunity to be as normal, quote unquote, as possible. Uh, What was that like when when you were in Tulsa and and you got to, I mean, you know, you, what, you were what, 12 or whatever when you met Utley or I was probably around 11. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I was still six. So 10. Okay. All right. Yep. So you're a little 10-year-old. You, you get his autograph, I, I think I, I saw, right? Yep, and then, got uh, his autograph. And, um, and then you get to meet him. It was cool. Like, he, afterwards, he was like, hey, can we get a picture? And, like, it, to me, as a growing up a Phillies fan, like, if you're a baseball person, you know that Phillies fans are some of the hardest out there, but they live and die for their sports teams. And, and he was one of my biggest idols growing up. So having him kind of look up to me and, like, ask for the picture and be able to like give him a hug and say thank you for everything that he's done and it's it's hard to put into words how cool of an experience it was is it kind of weird now that you know you're the pro ball player and you yeah. get kids looking up to you in the same way you I, i'm a big believer in in everybody's here for a purpose and i truly believe that god put me on this earth for the impact that i have on on kids and families and baseball was part of his plan for me to have the platform to expand my story i'm not just in New Jersey anymore. I'm not just in the tri-state area anymore. My story has been able to spread throughout the whole country, and I get emails from parents like, "Hey, I read your story to my kid tonight, and he smiled for the first time in a week," and like and stuff like that. Like, it keeps me going because I know that my goals in life all go back to off the field stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I, what I work for every day in baseball is gonna help me achieve my main goals, which is the impact on others and obviously providing for my family and stuff, but it's the big deal for me is how many people can I touch throughout my career I do want to switch focus to baseball a little bit um, so it's not like Microsoft is going to call up IBM and be like hey we know you got John working over there can we give you a gym for John what's it like being traded um, it was one of the most interesting days of my life I'll tell you that I we were about a half hour from the deadline everyone thought they were safe we're out playing hacky sack before stretch just kind of hanging around and uh, one of our catchers came out and we had a guy who had gotten called up prior to this but he would come in every day and yell out some ridiculous trade rumor we'd all laugh and say yeah whatever and so he got called up another guy had come out and we thought he was just continuing the the joke and he's like yeah I got some news like Smeltzer dude you're gone everybody laughed and he's like no seriously like (laughs) Dozier you got traded to the twins and everyone got silent and immediately yeah immediately you start saying your goodbyes you give everybody your hug and pack your bags we had a three and a half uber three and a half hour uber back to tulsa because we were on the road Hmm. um got home to my fiance at the time wife now and dogs packed up the house we were on the road 10 hours to chattanooga and i was available to pitch the next day so it's you just up and go there's there's no feelings involved you just gotta go and it's crazy it's just it's honestly like one of the most like world upside down days I've ever had because you're just living your life playing ball and then all of a sudden your new colors new team nobody around you is the same like I was pretty lucky I had Luke Rayleigh come with me which was great because I had somebody at least but mm-hmm. I had a couple other buddies prior to that trade that they just up and went and it was just them and they were kind of on their own having to learn learn new the new ropes so 
it's definitely crazy, but, but then it's fa- all part of it. But then fast forward a, a few months, and the Reds and Twins essentially swap double A franchises. So yeah. So, so then you're going from Chattanooga to Pensacola. Yeah. So it, I know that the Twins went through a whole bunch of uh, management changes as well. So not really that I everyone I knew in double A had pretty much been gone, either got new jobs or whatever, and then they switched to Pensacola and literally know nobody now going in the spring training. So. Yeah, it's it's a crazy world. Is it essentially the same team that was in Chattanooga that's here? Um for the most part I'd say there's okay. a few few new faces, but for the most part it's pretty much same same guys. Have you done any hospital visits since you've been in Pensacola? I have not since that, we've been I'm here. That's yeah. something you want to do this season? Definitely. Definitely I want to get in touch with with our owner and and see what I can do to get in over there and it's tough cuz we haven't really had a long home stand yet. It's only been 5 and then on the road, right. so I'm hoping that that next long homestand i can get over there in the morning or even if it's get a couple tickets over and have them on the field and stuff like that because I've, I've done that in the past and like i said it's getting them out of that little box that they're in because it can get pretty miserable in there I, so i love that giving back and that's that's like that's probably your top priority mm-hmm. as a professional athlete and mm-hmm. that's that, that's very commendable. So, thank you. That, that, so, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the Home you Run on Wheels podcast. Thanks Evan. for sharing my story. It's a pleasure. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. You see, everybody else have a family. I remember just like, you know, like saying, what's wrong with me, you know? Josh spent 16 years in DSS custody after unthinkable abuse and neglect. He came to Children's Hope Alliance last year to join our independent living program to help him transition into adulthood. I'm thankful being an independent living of the Children's Hope Alliance because I don't know where else I would be. Independent living is just one of me nearly 30 programs at Children's Hope Alliance. Visit childrenshopealliance.org slash advocate to learn how to help kids like Josh. Thanks again to both Jimmy and Devin for coming on the Home Run on Wheels podcast. Come back again next week for more content and uh, listen for the latest updates on where we will be this summer for the Home Run on Wheels book tour. Beginning in Cleveland with the All-Star Game. Talk to you next week. Bye.